Relatively in a speaking. Of speaking. Yeah. So hello everybody. Sorry for the slight delay. Is this one Stacy says ahoy? I the ahoy left me. <laughs> it, it was in the first three takes. <laughs> ahoy, ahoy, ahoy. Now it's let's do this. All right. Hi, Chihuahua. Uh, I, this I, is the home of professional. We're podcasting. only forty minutes. Shoo. <laughs> Aye, and what is this? Is this from the, oh. What happened? This guy was in the. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now we can see both of us. Good times. And you're going to have to eat a lean back. I don't know. It, one person's going to get. It's, it, it's going to be what it's going to be. We're going <laughs> to rock and roll. That's what it is. You Close know what? enough for rock and roll. It's, Clean enough for jazz. It's the Burr months. Nothing can go wrong. Nothing can go wrong except for all the things that are going wrong. Close this door over here. Hello, everybody. I hope you can still hear me while I'm talking about super important things and closing the door. We did. I, in all fairness, I didn't expect the Facebook thing to work, so we were a little like, yeah. But now it's working. We're going with it. So, hello. We are learning throughout our entire lives. We are. We are lifelong learners. I wrote an article about that a few weeks you ago. Did. It had nothing to do with the Bible. <laughs> was it about school and education and stuff, or it, what? It, no, it was just about you know being a human being and. Uh, it's a pretty significant the, concept as a human being. The benefits of being a lifelong learner, you know, and it doesn't end. It when also you... seems to be important if you're an AI functionality right. and. Well, that's you're creepy. trying to take over the world. That's just creepy. But I mean, it makes sense. You know, you don't. Your learning doesn't stop just because you're done with school or. No. It whatever. definitely worked for Ultron, but you know that's. Is that a Marvel reference? It is. You know, I was super super excited last week because all of the like new DC trailers came out. There's some pretty cool ones. And Wonder Woman looks awesome, and it's in the '80s. And new Batman. I had my reservations about Flash movie. Robert Pattinson. The Flash movie <laughs> with Michael that. Keaton coming back as Batman and Ben Affleck coming back as Batman in the same movie. Super excited about this. I haven't even heard about that. Oh yeah. So I'm just here to say I am for now Robert Pattinson as Batman. Yeah, I think uh, the stuff that I saw He's like more like emo good. Batman, but I yeah, get it. It's a whole different take on I heard that it's going to be more like the like detective the side, side of, of yeah, Batman that's, that's, than the physical I've stuff. Except for in the trailer you just beat the snot out of some guy, so I'm like, "Okay, well, we're doing that." That's yeah. The Dark Knight. It, it's a very interesting thing. You know, it's funny with comics the way uh, I, I heard Chadwick Boseman uh, who I hope uh, hope is with the Lord right now, and from some of the things I that no I heard idea him say, that he even uh, had cancer. Uh, nobody did. Right. It, it's for astonishing. Four years, right. it, and I saw a video from four months ago of uh, fans really concerned about his dramatic weight loss that right. he that he had. They thought he was doing they drugs was, and stuff. Uh, well, the, it, the um, understanding was that perhaps he was. Um, that he was doing this for a role, you oh. know, trying to lose weight and stuff like like. Folks I heard do. somebody were making fun of him, like crawling on like crack panther or whatever because they Ridiculous. thought he was doing drugs. Yeah, yeah. Just I, I, I hope they feel horrible at this point. But anyway, the more I hear this guy, the more um, the more impressed I am with his character and his uh, speech at his graduation speech at Howard University used a lot of scripture references, way more than I'm used to hearing from from folks who are just doing a lightweight cursory right. thing josh gad uh <coughs> shared a text message from him do i know who that josh is josh gad uh he's uh, olaf in frozen oh yeah, yeah, yeah. okay right. <laughs> and i um, knew i recognized the name but i couldn't place and it. a lot of other things uh he must have done a movie with 
Chadwick Boseman. I think it was. I'm going to forget now. I'm sorry. But, well, I've never seen anything from Chadwick Boseman, Chadwick Boseman that I didn't like. Um, good. But it was there were a lot of uh, biblical references in it. The last text message that he sent to Josh Gad. So I, I hope he is with the Lord. And uh, it's still it's a it's a big loss. Only 42 years old. Yeah. For, as uh, as we, you know, see celebrities die. And I know this is a little off topic, but <clears throat> as we're seeing so many of these things on social media. Uh, it is astonishing to me how we seem to connect with celebrities, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's a singer, actor, author, you know, we, I think especially in, in the um, musical arts, in, in dramatic arts, because there's face contact. With an author, you're engaging right. with their mind, right. but you don't actually see them personally the right. same way. But we seem to have this personal connection with them as if we knew them. You know, I have no idea about Chadwick Boseman or anybody else other than what, right. what we see. <clears throat> but so many people so impacted. And we need to remember that aside from all of us out here who don't actually have any real claim to this relationship uh, other than he, he has impacted through what he did, um, he has a real family and right. real friends who are really hurting because of this shocking loss. And so many, there are so many, you know, we've been talking about suicide a lot and, and that's uh, one of the reasons I'm late with my newsletter article. I've been trying to put that together with those thoughts. And, you know, we've been touched by suicide here recently in our community. There are, I've had a number, just off the top of my head, I want to say five different friends that have, have committed suicide. Um, whenever we see death, period and I did two funerals this week and, and two other uh, folks that that I know that, that passed whenever we see death there's a confrontation with our mortality you know mm-hmm. we're, we're we can't escape it and people do you know and I think okay this is a little I'm kind of all over the map right now this whole thing right now with RIP instead of rest in peace it's rest in power there is no power when you're dead that's <laughs> It's the ultimate loss of power, but it's it's something of a denial of death, and and, yeah. and we're confronted with the reality of death through these things, <clears throat> and it's really hard for people to process. As so if is you that don't like a coping have coping mechanism, almost. I, I think in some ways it is. Some you know I'm sure there are other factors that that go along with it, cultural factors or whatever. But as we as we as humans process death and we have no concept of the eternal, the supernatural, the metaphysical, the divine, um, or we make stuff up. Mm-hmm. We're either secularists and, and, and there's nothing, you know, we have this material worldview like a Darwinian evolutionist or a Marxist where all things are material and there is nothing else. That concept makes things like death so much harder to process psychologically and emotionally. We can get it rationally, logically. There's entropy. People die. It's how things work. Everything's breaking down. But then what? How do we process mm. that? And apart from having a personal relationship with the Lord that fills that God-shaped void, we're going to be left wanting. And aside from even the the artifice, if you will, of, of uh, religion that provides a mechanism of thinking it through. World religions have value psychologically in that. Regardless of whether they are actually true, they give you some place to stand to be able to think it through. 
but we're in an increasingly secularizing society where not only do we not know the Lord, the, the, the one true living God, we don't even have, uh, have sufficient idols to explain the the you know the afterlife and so on and so we we make things up we feel empty and and it's hard it's it's a tough thing we were talking about Black Panther you know and you see the Black Panther movie which I know you haven't right because it's Marvel I have seen I have seen Black Panther is that the only Marvel movie you've seen yes and very well worth it tremendous (laughs) movie but. It really is. As they're looking That's at... the old Spider-Mans with Tobey Maguire. Does that count? Awesome stuff. Anyway, <laughs> uh, th- but as they're looking at from this tribal religion mentality, they're, they're seeing the afterlife. And, and so there's a lot of false right. things as far as uh, we would understand it from, from the reality of a Christian worldview. It, there is still the ability to process that which is beyond mm. the material, the metaphysical. We don't have that in our society as a rule because we don't fully deeply believe anything beyond our senses and yet we have this gnawing this longing uh as you know solomon said in ecclesiastes god has set eternity in our hearts and yet we can't fathom what he's doing from beginning to end and so this right. god-shaped hole needs to be filled can only be filled by god and we don't even have substitutes that get us to a place of being able to really process death. Well, even, and it's people hard. Who, even people who don't believe in anything, in any religion, in any whatever, do you think that there is still, I guess this goes along with lifelong learning, <laughs> do you think there is still a, an innate desire to, somebody who strictly believed in science and nothing else, and they just say, when we're dead, we're dead, mm-hmm. that's it, worm food, whatever. Really? I mean, that to me is a very unsettling thought. Like, right. what is the purpose of even being here? Well, and that's, that's true. <laughs> and I think we find folks who, who live tr- in that worldview. And it's when we keep ourselves caged, I would say incarcerated, in this, in this materialistic, secularist mentality. So we're going to be strictly intellectual. We're not, you know... We don't have to worry about the rest of these things. It is what it is. Bam. Science. Blah, blah, blah. Maybe you get 100 years. Maybe you get <clears throat> right. whatever in the end. We, we're, when we do that, we're engaging in speculative science anyway. Mm-hmm. Not, not in empirical science. But aside from that, those things are, are easy when it's not impacting us in the moment. But sure. it doesn't offer any comfort when we're hurting. Not so, to say that you should you know, become a Christian or follow any religion just because it makes you feel good. Or it gives you some kind of, you know... No, but as C.S. Lewis said, if I have these longings, these desires, these needs that can't be satisfied in this world, it ought to tell me maybe I'm not made for this world. I'm right. made for some something else. And so, paraphrasing him. But <clears throat> um, but that, that idea of strictly material, you know, worm food, as you said, that... that doesn't offer comfort. Right. It can offer us comfort in, well, they're not suffering anymore. Right. They cease to exist. They're not. They're not suffering. Which is, in some ways, more comforting than, well, they're in a better place. Well, how do you know they're in a better place? Right. What if they're not in a better place? And that is extra tough when you have a little bit of religion, uh, and. If you have a, a, a little bit of religion that gives you that comfort, that's one thing. When you start to get a little bit of truth, mm. which is different from religion, you start to get a little bit of truth, 
and you recognize that there is a God, we're all appointed to die once and then face judgment, now what? How do I know that I can stand up under the judgment? And then we realize, I can't. None of us can. If God is holy and God is infinite and God is the standard, if, if God's demand of us, his expectation of us is the perfection with which he created humanity and every single one of us falls short of that, then our destiny is to be burned and consumed as that which is imperfect. Judgment is our lot. We stand condemned before we even make our case. That's and you a, can't make a case. That's a problem, <laughs> right. right? So before I can even try to come up with a defense, Which you can't. I'm already right. done. And that's what Christian realizes in Pilgrim's Progress. It, it seems that I always come back to this. But as he is setting out on his journey and he's overwhelmed with this burden and evangelist is asking, what, what's the deal? Why are you weeping? What's, what's the problem here? It, it, he says, well, I can't stay there. I can't stay in, in my world, in, in my home, because it's destiny is destruction. It's going to be destroyed. I got I to gotta go, but I don't know where to go. And I'm overwhelmed because I recognize as I read this book, I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to face judgment. And my sin won't allow me to face, if I'm not ready to die, I'm certainly not ready to face judgment. And my sin, the, the judgment that will come upon me will sink me lower than the grave. And I don't know what to do about this. And then he says, you need to enter through this wicked gate and continue on the journey. And so that that issue is so significant. And again, this is, you know, we're, we're way off script here, but the it's so significant that every single person that we know, everyone, without exception, is going to have to deal with this because everyone is going to die. We're all going to have loved ones who die because if you have a loved one, they will die. The only way that you're not going to see them die and suffer through it is if you die first. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not a race that anybody wins. So without having the gospel to give us hope, we really do grieve like people that don't have hope. Mm-hmm. So when when Paul says to the believers, look, I don't want you to be ignorant about what happens with people who've died. I don't want you to grieve. We, we don't grieve as those who have no hope. We recognize that there is a resurrection. And the good news is God gets us in on that by his design, by his choice, and offers us grace, even though there's absolutely no way that you could justify that as we deserve it in, in, in any manner. But while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is the love of God. Well, when we begin to recognize that, okay, God is, and God is great. He's infinite, massive, omnipotent, omniscient. That's scary. Mm-hmm. But God is good. He is morally pure. He is ethically righteous. He is loving and gracious and beyond what we can comprehend as good. He is the definition and the aspiration of all things potentially conceivably recognized as good. So if God is and he is great and he is good and he loves us and wants us to be with him and offers us salvation, there could be no greater hope in death than to know that we are handing ourselves over to the giver of life 
who actually loves us. And how can we know that? We can know that by choosing him now. Before we face the judgment, seek mercy. Seek the king's mercy before he comes to settle accounts. Because when the judgment comes, it's too late. But when we settle with him now, now we have a life and a purpose and a power and a passion that takes us to a new place so that whatever else we have, it, it doesn't, doesn't even matter what it is. We could be you know, the, the most famous movie star in Hollywood, or we could be the, the guy that mops the bathroom at McDonald's. We still have a purpose that makes all of this meaningful in living for Christ and becoming the, the best, most surrendered and obedient and joyful child of God that I can be. And so when, when we see people, and this happens in, with rich people and Hollywood folks all the time, how many of them are lost in the despair that takes them into drugs and alcohol or relationship after relationship? It becomes, or so, it becomes a stereotype. Right, and so regularly suicide too. I mean, right. that when, we, when we see no better option, no, there is no hope, I'm out. You see, and then some of the most famous people in the world who seemingly have everything. Right. And who had more than Ernest Hemingway? Right. And how did that end? Because he didn't know the one thing that he needed to know, that God is real and offers him hope. And so if that's where you are, it's really hard. You can have the best life in this whole idea of having, you know, your, your best life now. You can have all of that stuff. You can be wealthy, popular, admired, and it still ends up empty. Mm-hmm. Because well, that's the old, you know, the old saying, that you can be in a room full of people and still feel horribly alone. Right. And I think a lot of celebrities end up feeling that way. Back to Chad Bozeman as sort of the, the antithesis of that in a lot of ways. Mm. R- reminds me a lot of Denzel Washington. And, mm. and apparently Denzel Washington was the key to his, uh, his uh, beginning, his career. <clears throat> Anyhow, uh, uh, Ricky just tweeted this, my son. Uh, happy birthday. The, happy birthday, <laughs> Ricky. Uh, and he, as uh, Bozeman has been battling this, cancer for four years yeah. nobody knew about it right. i assume marvel somebody at marvel had to know about right. it but anyway they it, it, not really a public thing right nobody nobody knew apparently his friends a lot of his friends didn't know he was visiting children with cancer in hospitals so he's out there fighting cancer himself giving hope to others mm-hmm. that's a life that can offer meaning Right. I, I have a greater purpose, a purpose beyond myself, a purpose beyond the grave. If, if the words that he has said, that I, that I heard him say in the videos I watched yesterday, uh, if those words being in his heart, and his life then is to do God's will, and he's living for that eternal purpose in Christ, wow, what, what a fantastic message. Here's someone who then, be that the scenario knowing the resurrection and the life who is Jesus Christ. Now, even though you died, you live Mm -hmm. eternally in reality. And the legacy that you left behind because of purposeful living has an impact on those that that are left behind. That's a pretty good way to go. And he used his platform for that. Yeah. Because, I mean, a ton of... Kids, especially, yeah. look up to him. And and as a guy who who is doing iconic uh, figures in the black community, Jackie you Robinson, know, 
James Brown, right. Thurgood Marshall, right. Black Panther, T'Challa. Right. Right. You know, uh, he, T'Challa is his most powerful role, fictional, but most powerful that, that he's had is as strong as the other ones were. Uh, I heard him talking about growing up in uh, South Carolina. Yeah, South Carolina. And um, facing actual real racism mm-hmm. that not, you know, not little things that, that we often talk about, you know, the subtle type, but the overt racism. Blatant, right. And uh, he said, I used to have a lot of resentment about that. But as I grew in the Lord, I don't have that resentment anymore. I still get mad when sure. bad things happen. But we can't be victims. We, you know, we have to each one of us individually check ourselves because we all have different uh, stereotypes or prejudices that we might have somewhere in there that we have to do. Nobody else can tell us that. They, nobody can decide if you're a racist because they're not inside of you thinking those thoughts and knowing where you're at. Uh, I, I'm probably overstating or overstepping what he's saying, but. Anyway, his whole thing was, don't let anybody else define you. you don't let your, your adversity define you. Let it shape you and cause you to grow. But God's got plans for you. Mm-hmm. Step up and, and, and work forward. And the message is so resoundingly positive. And, and while he speaks specifically to uh, the black community, in that, and especially at that speech at Howard, that's who he's right. talking to and what he's talking about, the the principles are transcendent. They they are applicable for everybody, whether you're black, white, Hispanic, Martian, whatever. the the whole um, The whole idea that I need to take responsibility for me. I need to learn to forgive and give grace to others. I need to make sure that I'm loving others and not uh, labeling others. All of those things are true for all of us, regardless of skin color, regardless of background, and and that is to bring this back around to it that is something we spend a lifetime learning and we need to continue to, to and as christians that. i think this was the core reality i'm gonna mess it up but it was to live more like jesus each day yeah life in christ involves working together to know and to reflect him better every day right. yeah that that's that's our job as christians so by definition we're lifelong learners mm-hmm. we want to continue to follow because you'll never do it you'll never live perfectly like jesus no but, but that but doesn't mean it's by the holy spirit's power right. we're able to live a life pleasing to him we're right. able to now, by the Spirit, do what we could never do in our flesh, which is to walk in His steps, right. to to honor God, and to live in obedience. But um, it, it requires a consistent learning because you can't just be like, "Well, I've got it now. I'm I'm good." You know, I. And I think far too often we've seen that. Right. In, I'm sorry for the microphone that I did that. It just adds excitement. Um, Wake uh, up, people! I, I I think too often we've seen that in. Folks who call themselves Christians but are really more religious mm. than Christian, and I think that's one of the dangers that we run into is this idea that everybody goes to church as a Christian. That's not true. Not everybody who wears a Bears jersey plays for the Bears. Uh, you know, that's boy, uh, ain't that the truth? I mean, that, that's, right. uh, that's just a reality. There are lots of folks. Sports fans love to talk about we. You know, talking about my team as as if boy, we won last night. You know, it was great. They don't you even know do who you are. You, you sat got, in a hot dog. If you went to the to the coach of the of the Bears or the Cubs, since the Cubs are actually playing and in first place, by the way, um, it, are, they only, are they the only team I, playing? I, I have no idea. I'm actually <laughs> so not watching sports at all at this point. Anyhow, uh, but if I were to go, you know, I get my Cubs jersey on and I'm a big fan. Yay, we won. We won the World Series. We did all this. If I were to go to the coach of the Cubs or to the owner of the Cubs. And, and say, hey, I'm here for my trophy or whatever. They're going to say, 
depart from me. I never knew Security. you. You don't belong here, right? right? And too often we do that um, in the church. We have folks who don't belong to Christ. Mm. They're not a part of the team, but they go to church. They wear the jersey. It hasn't connected with their heart. It hasn't uh, taken over their priorities. It hasn't worked itself out in their lives. So they haven't actually learned and changed and acted on that repentance. And when we stand before the Lord, he's going to say, as Jesus told us, depart from me, I never knew you. But Lord, didn't we do all this stuff in your name? Like, I don't even know who you are. You're not part of this team because you didn't embrace the reality. Yeah, you did the stuff, but you didn't love me. You didn't cherish me. You didn't sacrifice yourself for this purpose. I'm not don't say don't come to church, you know, for any reason. No, or no. Because uh, right. one of those times something but, could click. But as we've said so many times to steal from Keith Green, who probably got it from somebody else, you know, going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. Right. That's not how it works. However, in the church, in the body of Christ, is where the words of life reside. This is where the, the words of life is spoken. So if you're going to connect the reality of God to the realities of life, then you need to get where you can find the reality of God. You're walking in life. And you may not understand the realities because you haven't seen the reality of God. Right. So we see things and our perception tells us this. My, right. my experience, my background, which is why we can talk about things like my truth, my reality. So if I'm a, a black American growing up in South Carolina... Or I'm a, a you know, small-town white girl in Michigan. That's you, not me. Um, those are dramatically different experiences. And if I perceive my experience as the definition of reality, then I think of my truth and so on. Well, they're dramatically different. When I recognize the reality of God, that there is an objective truth, there, there is an external reality that is not subject to my whim. It's not subject to my experience. It doesn't change. It doesn't shift. It, it, it is true. And reality doesn't care about your feelings. Reality just is. Then I begin to see things differently. And I can start to connect when I recognize that the ultimate reality is not just what exists, but the ultimate reality is the prime mover, the uncaused cause, God himself, who created reality, and that giver of reality actually cares about me. Mm-hmm. Now things start to take on a whole other meaning. In order, I think, to, to open yourself up to that or any type of, of learning in life, you have to be willing to let go, I think, a little bit of your reality, my personal yeah. reality. Like there's some kind of wall built around you that you have to... to be be willing to bend at first and maybe even break it down completely if if what is truth isn't aligned with what you have thought and yeah. believed i was and that takes humility right that's and that's hard yeah. i'm you know don't come for me i'm i uh i'm on tiktok i haven't posted a video ever i was for 20 minutes and so I just, this can never be on my phone well again, yeah so. i just watch videos i don't post anything because yeah i wanted to wa- not that. watch any more videos so. well i just was scrolling through and this this one girl came on and she was crying and i and uh she i could hardly understand what she was saying because she was she was really crying and basically what the gist of this, you know, 15, 30 second video was, was she had had somebody talk to her and she, she essentially, I don't want to say she found God, but she 
felt something move something moved in her and yeah. she it was it was powerful and she goes i don't know anything about this i've lived this way my whole life you guys need to help me something is happening i need help to figure out what's going on and and i think it almost takes and i don't i mean like i said it was a tiktok i don't know if she was being genuine it sure seemed like she was but i think it takes that kind of whoa knock you out Something at some Something, point, right? Yeah. Otherwise, and, I and think for it's some just, it's more overtly dramatic. For right, others, I'm not it's you just in there and more sob, but quiet and but more subtle, moves. but just as real. Right. Something has to shift, right? And that that shift ends up being the locus of control in my right. life. Am I in charge or is God in charge? Otherwise, everything's just surface, right? And generally speaking, you know, you said move. I, I think generally speaking, something has to break. Mm. I, something has to. It, it, it generally doesn't just come from fiddly d. My life is great. Yay! I'm going to be skipping down the street, walking my dog, drinking my latte, and everything is happy. It's hard and, to skip and drink and, the latte. Yeah, true. And uh, not that I've tried to do <laughs> that, but burns, skin grabs. But as I'm doing these happy things, right? I don't generally think, huh? There seems like there's something more, right? I, you know, right. usually it comes from pain. It right. comes from adversity. Things like death, as we were talking about earlier, where I'm confronted with my mortality. That's why the psalmist says, Lord, teach us to number our days. Well, and you can go one of two routes with that. You can choose to be angry at, right. at God or angry at the universe or whatever. Right. Or you can think, wow, there has to be something more. One of those things is more helpful than the other. Sure. So when you're talking about an omnipotent being who creates and defines life and reality, being angry with that being and in rebellion against smart. them does not seem like the logical path. Uh, and again, seems you're going to be a silly goose. It's, Get back it's in the not, pond. It's not reasonable, <laughs> right. right? And while life in Christ requires more than just reason, it is never less than that. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's reason, and then understanding that there is there is much beyond what I can comprehend. But it's never a matter of blind faith. Right, you know, we just talked about that last God. week, a couple yeah. weeks ago. The, you know, I'm, I trust God because God has given me reason to trust. And that doesn't mean don't struggle with it, don't wrestle with it, don't question it, whatever. And ultimately, that's something that only the Spirit can work in us. Right. Because our, our sinful minds, controlled by our flesh, controlled by the sinful nature, are not prone to that. Not only are we not prone to it, we're not capable of it. We're, we're hard-hearted. And our hard-heartedness keeps us from receiving the good news that God loves us and that He, God loves us and has a special plan for our lives. It sounds kind of trite, but there's a reality to that. When, uh, you know... It might not be the special plan you want. <laughs> God, you know, yeah. that, that you think I should, ha- I, I should have everything and I right. should be happy. And well, and a lot of times we'll get stuck in that, you know, that God's special plan for my life means prosperity gospel kind right, of stuff. Right. Or we'll get stuck at just the veggie tales level of God made you right. special and he loves you very much, which is true. However, Plus, there's more to the story. Right. You know, it, it's not he loves you just the way you are, so just it's keep not being Billy you. Jewel. He God does love you the way you are, but not the way you think. He doesn't love your sin and he doesn't love you just the way you are so stay the way you are he loves you far too much to let you stay that way and god cannot tolerate sin sin can't exist in the presence of god in the same way that darkness can't exist in the presence of light and so when when we don't 
live for him, we are rebelling against the very nature of our created being, the very nature of our purpose for why we exist. That's something that we, that we I think, understand progressively. I don't know that every, well, I mean, I know that it's not true for every person who comes to Christ and all of a sudden, bang, we, we get it all. Right. You know, I've got volumes of commentaries up here from people way, way more educated and wiser than myself because I don't know it all. And I've been a Christian for as long as my mind can remember. But in that, I'm still learning every day. Mm-hmm. And I'm learning from others who have gone before me. And even sometimes from others who have been a Christ follower less time than I have. But there's a lesson I missed that they got. Well, and so I have to humble different... myself to, right. to get that from them. And we see that in the, the passage in, in Acts 18 that we were looking at. That Apollos, he's a prominent speaker. And he has to humble himself to let these two tent makers set him straight on what he missed, the gaps in, in, in what he was preaching. And they had to be confident enough in their knowledge of truth to confront lovingly, gently, uh, in, a, in a fitting way, to confront this gifted, intelligent. competent, intelligent teacher who who knew more than they did about most things. Right. But to say, look, as much as you know, here's what you're missing. Right. So both of them had had to, you know, do what was required to work together, which, mm-hmm. you know, we have that in the core reality. And I, I don't know if I developed that enough yesterday or, or Sunday, whenever it was. Uh, <laughs> what day is today? Uh, that's the, that's uh, the theme of 2020. You're right. <laughs> uh, but, but it really is a team effort right. that that the church there are no lone, lone let me try again there are no lone ranger christians god didn't make us to just punch our ticket and then walk through life and go do our thing when we are in christ there's a reason that the first thing that happens in in the new testament when people come to christ they uh they repent they believe they receive christ and then they get baptized and it all happens so quickly together that it becomes conflated in our minds. And the order is of less importance than we've often made it doctrinally. But what matters is immediately they are identified with Christ and his church. Baptism was always that initiation ritual, if you could say, to the, to the church. You are now saying, I belong to these people. I'm mm-hmm. part of this family. And we're never meant to do this alone. We don't do well when we do it alone. And isolation is not a place for growth. Isolation is a place for decay. And we we tend to go backward when we're not engaged, which is why it's so important for us to meet together. That's why it was important enough that that many of us eventually, even in the midst of the pandemic, said, we got to meet. We'll take whatever measures we can to mitigate the spread, but we have to meet because the sure, clear and present danger of not meeting is greater than the potential of a physical illness. And if I die, I die. Right. If, if that's the reality, and, and we, obviously that's we're trying to not have anybody die from coming to church, but that is of much less consequence than not being able to walk right spiritually because we're called to walk together, not in isolation. So that connectedness of the church is... It's not just nice, 
it's actually essential. It's central, it's crucial, it's critical. And, and that's where we are. Life in Christ involves working together as Christ followers, as brothers and sisters for eternity to help one another along to know and to reflect him better every day. Well, we kind of were a little bit all over the place, but I think it all kind of, not the direction I thought we were going to go today, but uh, I think yeah, it kind of worked out. <laughs> I, I didn't see it either. I think it kind of worked out. So Much uh, better than our tech did at the beginning. That's very So true. far, it looks like we're good. I think so. So far. So we're going to cut it off before we jinx ourselves here. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for listening. If you have any questions or comments, uh, send us an email at somethingreal at reallifeonline.org. You want to say something? Don't be confused. Jinxing is not a thing. Well, it's just fun to say. Jinx. And... You can give me a Pepsi instead of a Coke. Uh, <laughs> 269-756-RLCC is the number to leave a voicemail. Or you can leave us um, a message on Facebook or, you know, whatever. Or on YouTube. We're all over the place. Find us. We're, we're there. Um, so, yeah. I feel like in a roundabout way, we came to a conclusion here today of what we talked about. And we will see you guys. We won't see you. But be sure to check out the live stream. Not the live stream can't win today be sure to check out the podcast the audio on itunes or anchor on friday for the upcoming sermon on sunday there you go be excellent to each other party on dudes